Hello everybody, I am Lucia Matuonto and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Hello and welcome back to the Relatable Voice podcast. On today's episode, the RV is headed to Phoenix, Arizona to speak with David Medansky, also known as the Diet Contrarian. David is an attorney turned author of the book, Break the Chance of Dieting. David, welcome to the RV. Thank you, Lucia. Appreciate you having me as a guest today. Yes, I was looking forward to talking with you. So you were born and raised in Chicago. Yes. But now you live in Phoenix, which is quite different. So what do you miss most about Chicago? Nothing. Actually, the only thing I miss about Chicago is Wrigley Field. Uh-huh. It's very cold. Uh, it's very cold, and I moved to the Phoenix area in December of 1988, so I haven't lived in the Chicago area for quite some time. And before that, I actually went to school at the University of South Florida in Tampa uh-huh. for undergraduate work. And David, you retired from practice, practicing law in 2005. Correct. So what made you want to start writing? Well, I had some ideas uh, about playing casino craps. I'm actually a world-class expert at playing casino craps, and I've written six books on that. And then I ventured into writing some novels. Uh, two of them are actually published and available One of them is called Flamingo's Baby, and the other one is Dark Money. Mm-hmm. And then I had my own weight loss journey in 2016. So I started writing about eating healthy and being able to lose weight without going on a diet. Yeah, that's amazing. I also want to learn a little bit more about it. And uh, I was checking your answers, and I saw that at the age of 61, your doctor kind of had an intervention with you. So can you tell us what happened? Yes, uh, at age 61, it was in July of 2016, my doctor told me based on my lab results and being significantly overweight, I had a 95% chance for a fatal heart attack. And so he gave me two options. He said, dude, lose the weight or find a new doctor. And he strongly suggested I find a new doctor because I'd, he'd been after me for eight years to lose weight and I hadn't done anything. Like most people, I procrastinated. Mm-hmm. However, the light bulb went off and during the next four months, I shed 50 pounds, 25% of my total body weight, which is a quarter of my body weight. And I've kept it off over the last six years. And the results of your blood test after losing this weight? Oh, well, my, my blood sugar has decreased. My cholesterol has decreased. My blood pressure is back to normal. I feel um, better. I have more energy, better mental clarity, and I feel 
like I'm 35 again. Yeah, you don't look your age. I'm 67, and I just finished uh, climbing Mount Kilimanjaro a couple months ago. So I feel really good about the achievement to be able to do that. Wow, that's super impressive. That's Wow, so you are also referred to as the diet contrarian. So David, what does that mean? It means I am opposite of diets. And the reason I oppose diets is diets do not work. The average person will attempt 126 different diets during their lifetime. So what does that tell you? It tells you that diets, number one, either do not work or they're only temporary and that people regain the weight. Although mm -hmm. diets tend to be extreme, hard to stick with, and a lot of them are potentially dangerous. So I've identified what I call nine golden rules of weight loss for people uh -huh. who love to eat. The diet industry's philosophy is uh, try until you die. And if diets did work, weight loss programs worked, then those companies would be out of business after a few years because we'd all be thinner and healthier. Exactly. And you know, I myself don't follow any particularly diet, but I eat intuitively. Some people count calories, but I believe that calories alone are an inadequate guide because foods with the same calorie count can have very different effects on the body. So should we count calories if you want to lose weight, David? No, absolutely not. And I tell people um, you can lose weight without going on a diet, without exercising, without counting calories and without following, you know, ordering special products or special meals. And the reason you don't need to count calories is if you eat healthy, your weight loss journey will take care of itself. And not all calories are created equal. Uh, some yeah. calories, like an apple for say, uh, has about 90 to 100 calories. However, it takes your body 25 calories to digest and process it. Plus, it has a lot of nutritional benefits. A Hershey bar has about 125 calories, has no nutritional value, and takes your body zero calories to process. So there's a big difference in that calorie. Not only that, the calories can be off by as much as 20% based on the nutritional fact panel. It's not as accurate as people believe. Mm -hmm. Yes. And almost every day there is a new diet on the media. But it's not one size fits all. As you were saying, for example, you're telling me about the food and weight loss industry. This is huge. And new diets seems like to keep coming up. We may not be talking about Atkins or South Beach as anymore, but we are talking about keto, paleo, carnivore diets. There are so many that I don't even know how many they are. So what are your thoughts on this industry? Because you started talking about it and then we didn't finish. Please. Well, the weight loss and food industry pay millions and millions of dollars to psychologists and marketing experts to manipulate the public into buying their products and services. And a lot of it is misleading. Mm -hmm. So 
for example, what I tell people is if you want to lose weight, never go on a diet. Instead, change your diet. And you want to change your lifestyle and eating habits. Most of the diet programs out there require you to order special foods or products. Or if they don't, they don't teach you a new lifestyle. So that's the difference between what I do and what the diet industry and food industry does. And a lot of it is inaccurate. For example, the food industry will label something as fat-free. Well, what they don't tell you is that it's loaded with sugar, and then your body converts that sugar into fat. Mm -hmm. Or they'll say it, it's low sodium. Or it may say, like, for example, a package of spaghetti will have, you know, this much protein, uh, this much, you know, zero sodium, zero fat, and it looks like it's healthy. However, mm -hmm. if you the back in the nutritional fact panel, it'll say it's got 46 grams of carbohydrates and that's simple carbohydrates and that's very fattening. And there's a big difference between a simple carbohydrate and a complex carbohydrate and people don't understand this. So a lot of the weight loss and diets will say carbohydrates are bad for you, never eat them. Well our bodies need the complex carbohydrates to be healthy. And that's why the keto diet is so uh, detrimental. They're finding that it's you know, detrimental to people's health. So you may lose the weight. However, you may be also har harming your health. And so that's not a good diet to go on per se. David, did you go to the universe? <laughs> because you, you know so much about this subject of course you you have to live the, this experience so you had to lose weight by yourself and trying it by yourself is that correct well i, I wasn't always fat in my youth you know 20s and 30s i was fit and trim however like most people life gets in the way with family obligations and work responsibilities and before I knew it, the weight crept up on me. If you gain five pounds a year, every year for 10 years, well, that's 50 pounds. And that's what happened to me. And then we tend to procrastinate as to changing our eating habits. For me, I became lazy and stopped exercising. And I started eating, you know, the fast food, the snacks, Pringles, potato chips, M&Ms, Hershey bars, all the bad stuff, even though I knew better. And so, it was, I'll wait until Monday to start my diet. I'll wait till after vacation, after the holidays. Now's not the right time for me. I mean, there are many excuses people use, including myself, to procrastinate. So now I focus on things that, you know, I enjoy because I lost the weight and I want to keep it off. And I started going back to the books I had read in the 1970s by Paul and Patricia Bragg, Richard Simmons, Jack LaLanne, William Dupty, who wrote Sugar Blues. And they were talking about basics and things we all know what to do, we just choose not to do it. And I started reading books from current authors. And what I realized is today's authors are promoting their own products or services. And they make it sound as if you don't purchase their programs or their products or their services, you're gonna be, you know, you'll fail on your weight loss journey. So that's why I started writing the books. And, and when I advocate for people are what I call nine golden rules of weight loss for people who love to eat. And when people look at those nine golden rules, they're like, well, I know that. 
I understand you know that. The difference is, are you doing it? And if you're not, why not? So that's where we get into. And the new book that will be coming out, Stop Dieting, Start Thinning, tells people not only what to do, but also how to do it. And that's the big difference. A lot of the books out there will tell you what to do. They don't explain to you how to do it or the reasons behind it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And do these habits work for everyone or does it depend on lifestyle, genetics or something else? It works for everyone. As you mentioned, not one size fits all. And everybody has different environments, different eating habits, different preferences. Some people prefer to eat beef. Some don't. Some prefer chicken. Some don't. Some people like apples, some don't. Some like avocados, some don't. Some like fish, some don't. So what I advocate, and I can go through the nine golden rules real quickly because they're very simple. Mm -hmm. The first one is drink water. And the reason I say that is 72% of the U.S. adult population is overweight. And 75% of the U.S. adult population is chronically dehydrated. There's a direct correlation between not drinking enough water and being overweight. Our bodies are 60 to 70% water, not soda, diet soda, fruit juices, or fruit-flavored beverages. So instead of drinking the soda or diet soda, drink water. Also, a lot of times when we think we are hungry, we're actually thirsty. So we need to drink more water. And it should be pure water, not the fruit-flavored waters or you know the vitamin-enhanced water, just plain glass of water, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the next question people usually ask me is how much water should I drink? Well, at a minimum 64 ounces or one half of your total body weight. So if you weigh 200 pounds, drink a minimum of 100 ounces of water unless you're doing a lot of physical activity or you live in a hot climate like I do in Phoenix, Arizona. Then you need to drink more water to keep hydrated. The second thing is to avoid the highly processed and manufactured foods. I call them fake foods. Uh, the third one is to drink or eat more holistic or real foods, foods provided by Mother Nature, not made in a lab by someone with a white lab coat. The fourth thing is to get adequate sleep because you need at least seven to eight hours of quality sleep for your body to heal itself. The other thing is to eat small portions. Our portions have been supersized without people realizing it. In the 1900s, the average size dinner plate was nine inches in diameter. Today, it's 12 inches. And in restaurants in the US, it's 12 to 15 inches. Yet in Europe, dinner size plate is still nine inches in diameter. So one thing you can do is use a salad plate instead of a dinner size plate. The other thing is to eat slower. We all eat fast. We're in a hurry. We eat at our desk. We, you know, eat in the car. We eat, you know, while watching TV. So you need to eat slower. The other thing is to focus on the foods that you eat, not be distracted. The other thing we need to do is think positive. A lot of our thoughts are negative. In fact, in my research, I learned that 80% of our daily thoughts are negative. Just imagine, Lucia, if we could turn that around and 80% of our thoughts were positive. Yeah. So instead of saying, oh, I have to deprive myself or I have to sacrifice, you know, not eating what I like, 
change it around to say, oh, I enjoy eating this apple. I'm looking forward to eating healthy and feeding my body the right fuel and giving it the right nourishment. There's a big difference in the mindset. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is to be physically active. I suggest walking as a physical activity. It's one of the best exercises you can do. Uh, Rebel Wilson lost 77 pounds in the year simply by walking an hour each day. And Mindy Kaling lost weight by walking each day. And what she did, instead of walking an hour at one time, when she had a 10 or 15 minute break, instead of going on social media or texting friends, she'd go for a walk. So if you walk for 10 or 15 minutes and you do it four or five times a day, you're getting an hour of physical activity. You're getting up and moving instead of sitting at our desk. So simple things like that. And even though they're simple, they're very powerful. Wow, you are fantastic. I actually I was not going to ask you about the nine uh the nine steps because I didn't know if you want to tell us, but this is amazing. Thank you, thank you for sharing your knowledge. And you know, your background in law makes your perspective on this quite interesting because you are used to seeing both sides of the argument. Your book, Break the Chains of Dieting, was just published. Yeah, it's it's won nine awards, and it's also been endorsed and recommended by Jack Canfield, co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul. Mm -hmm. Wow, congratulations. So, David, what you, you would like your readers take away from your book? Well, the book in Break the Chains of Dieting gives short stories, fables, and analogies. And the short stories have life lessons that you can apply to eating healthy. For example, the pot roast story is one of my favorite. And I don't know if you're familiar with it, but the audience may or may not be. The pot roast stories were a young lady's hosting dinner and she prepares pot roast. And one of the guests says, this is delicious. Can I get the recipe? And the host says, of course, and writes it down for her. And the guest starts reading and she says, why do you cut the ends of the pot roast off before you cook it? And the host says, I don't know. That's how my mother taught me. So the host, curious, calls her mother and says, mom, why do we cut the ends of the pot roast off before we cook it? And her mom says, I don't know. That's how your grandmother taught me. Call uh -huh. her. So the host calls the grandmother and says, Grandma, why do you cut the ends of the pot roast off before you cook it? And the grandmother says, let me think a minute. She says, oh, because when I was first married, the pot I had was too small and I had to cut the ends of the pot roast to make it fit. So um, we do things a certain way. We eat a certain way or at a certain time or a certain, you know, because of how we were taught. My friend John Canada calls it dietary duplication. So I, I ask people to start questioning, well, why are you putting mayonnaise on your food? Why are you using a certain condiments? Why are you eating at a certain time or a certain way? And when people start looking at it, they start realizing, well, that's how I've always done and that's how I was taught. Well, let's see if we can either change it up a little bit or reduce or, you know, alter, you know, substitute. So that's one of the stories. The other thing is, um, the airplane story. If you're on an airplane going from New York to Los Angeles or vice versa, and you're off one degree, you'll be off 150 miles. 
Well, most planes are on autopilot. They're always correcting back and forth, probably about 90% of the time. So what I tell people is your weight loss journey, you're on autopilot, you have to keep correcting. So even though you may have cheated one day or got off course, get back on course and keep moving forward. The other thing is a lot of people don't realize they may see, they don't see results immediately because the national brands will promise to lose 15, 20, 30 pounds guaranteed your first month. You may lose that weight, it won't be healthy. Not only that, you'll probably gain it all back. So what I tell people is make the small adjustments and be patient. I ask people, would you like to weigh 24 to 48 pounds lighter by this time next year? And most people who need to lose weight say, yeah, of course. Okay, can you lose two to four pounds per month? Not a week, per month. And most people say, yeah, I can lose two to four pounds each month. Well, if you do that on average for 12 months, because some months you'll lose more, some you'll lose less, at the end of a year, you'll be 24 to 48 pounds lighter. The problem today is we're impatient. Yeah. We don't want we don't want to wait. We want the instant results. We did put our weight on overnight. We're not going to lose it all overnight. So that's what I tell people. I agree a hundred percent with you, and I will get your book tonight. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yes, and I write review. <laughs> thank you. The other thing is, when people read the nutritional fact panel they read it incorrectly. The first thing they usually look at is the calories. Then they may look at the sugars, the fat, the protein. What very few people read is the very fine print, which is the ingredients. And when you actually see what you're putting into your body, you may not like it. You gotta treat your body as a machine. It is an incredible machine. So you wanna give it the right fuel, the right nutrition. Most people take better care of their automobiles than they do of their own bodies. Mm -hmm. and as Jim Rome or Dr. Bob Martin says, if you wear out this body, where else are you going to live? So I advocate taking care of your body and giving it the right fuel, the right nutrition. Thank you so much for these tips. Are, they are precious. And you were telling me that you climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. Kilimanjaro. Yes, Kilimanjaro. I did that in June. Wow. So... You've accomplished a lot so far. What are your next goals and what are you working on next? There are many other things. I'm working on the next book, which is Stop Dieting, Start Thinning, which will be released soon. Uh -huh. And I want to help other people reduce weight and keep it off and change their lifestyle so they can have better mental clarity, have more energy, feel better, look better, and improve their overall health. I've been fortunate, I avoided the heart attack. I have friends and colleagues who weren't so fortunate. They've had the heart attack, the stroke, they have certain types of cancers, and it's all because of our eating habits. In the US, 80% of people over the age of 50 are either a type two diabetic or pre-diabetic. And what that means if you're a pre-diabetic, if you do not change your eating habits and lifestyle, in seven years, you'll be a type two diabetic. Imagine 80% of people over age 50 could be a type 2 diabetic. And type 2 diabetes is preventable. It's also reversible. Now, some people will argue you're not really reversing it, but you're putting it in remission. It doesn't matter as long as you're not a type 2 diabetic anymore and you get your blood sugar under control. Yeah, absolutely. David, is there a message you'd like to leave to our listeners today? Yes, start now. 
do not wait until tomorrow because if we wait until tomorrow, tomorrow never comes. And that means if we want to do today what needs to be done and we wait until tomorrow, we'll never do it. Uh, and people can reach me if it's okay have and give up my website at IamThinning.com. And they can also find the books on Amazon. And so they can also reach out to me on Facebook or LinkedIn. I'm, I'm very happy to answer questions for people. I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not a nutritionist. Uh, however, I've been through the frustrations of being overweight. I've been through the frustrations of knowing what it's like to have to lose the weight and yet procrastinate and do nothing. So I understand what people go through and I'm happy to help them. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy that you started over, like you just decided to lose weight, to change your diet, to start making exercise. And this is, this is a very good example. And I believe your book is going to help many people. And you will be featured as our author of the week on Brand Education Magazine, along with this episode. And David, please, when you publish your next book, come. Just let me know, and I will go back to Phoenix to talk to you again. Oh, that'd be great. I look forward to it. Thank you so much. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening. And remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time.